0: Chapter 7 of Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1, by Song Ling translated by Herbert A. Giles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jane Dever. Chapter 7 the marriage of the fox's daughter a president of the board of civil office named yin and a native of li chang when a young man was very badly off but was endowed with considerable physical courage now in his part of the country there was a large establishment covering several acres with an unbroken succession of pavilions and verandas and belonging to one of the old county families but because ghosts and apparitions were frequently seen there the place had for a long time remained untenanted and was overgrown with grass and weeds no one venturing to enter in even in broad daylight one evening when yin was carousing with some fellow students one of them jokingly said if anybody will pass a night in the haunted house the rest of us will stand him a dinner mr yin jumped up at this and cried out what is there difficult in that so taking with him a sleeping mat he proceeded thither escorted by all his companions as far as the door where they laughed and said we will wait here a little while in case you see anything shout out to us at once if there are any goblins or foxes replied yin i'll catch them for you he then went in and found the paths obliterated by long grass which had sprung up mingled with weeds of various kinds it was just the time of the new moon and by its feeble light he was able to make out the door of the house feeling his way he walked on until he reached the back pavilion and then went up on to the moon terrace which was such a pleasant spot that he determined to stop there gazing westwards he sat for a long time looking at the moon a single thread of light embracing in its horns the peak of a hill without hearing anything at all unusual so laughing to himself at the nonsense people talked he spread his mat upon the floor put a stone under his head for a pillow and lay down to sleep he had watched the cowherd and the lady until they were just disappearing and was on the point of dropping off when suddenly he heard footsteps down below coming up the stairs pretending to be asleep he saw a servant enter carrying in his hand a lotus-shaped lantern who on observing mr yin rushed back in a fright and said to someone behind there is a stranger here the person spoken to asked who it was but the servant did not know and then up came an old gentleman who after examining mr yin closely said it's the future president he's as drunk as can be we needn't mind him he's a good fellow and won't give us any trouble so they walked in and opened all the doors and by and by there were a great many other people moving about and quantities of lamps were lighted till the place was as light as day about this time mr yin slightly changed his position and sneezed upon which the old man perceiving that he was awake came forward and fell down on his knees saying sir i have a daughter who is to be married this very night It was not anticipated that your honour would be here. I pray, therefore, that we may be excused. Mr. Yin got up and raised the old man, regretting that in his ignorance of the festive occasion he had brought with him no present. Ah, sir, replied the old man, your very presence here will ward off all noxious influences, and that is quite enough for us. He then begged Mr. Yin to assist in doing the honors, and thus double the obligation already conferred. Mr. Yin readily assented, and went inside to look at the gorgeous arrangements they had made. He was here met by a lady, apparently about forty years of age, whom the old gentleman introduced as his wife and he had hardly made his bow when he heard the sound of flagellets, and someone came hurrying in, saying, He has come! The old gentleman flew out to meet this personage, and Mr. Yin also stood up, awaiting his arrival. In no long time, a bevy of people with gauze lanterns ushered in the bridegroom himself, who seemed to be about seventeen or eighteen years old and of a most refined and prepossessing appearance the old gentleman bade him pay his respects first to their worthy guests and upon his looking towards mr Yin, that gentleman came forward to welcome him on behalf of the host then followed ceremonies between the old man and his son-in-law and when these were over they all sat down to supper hosts of waiting-maids brought in profuse quantities of wine and meats with bowls and cups of jade or gold till the table glittered again and when the wine had gone round several times the old gentleman told one of the maids to summon the bride this she did but some time passed and no bride came so the old man rose and drew aside the curtain pressing the young lady to come forth whereupon a number of women escorted out the bride whose ornaments went tinkle tinkle as she walked along sweet perfumes being all the time diffused around her father told her to make the proper salutation after which she went and sat by her mother mr yin took a glance at her and saw that she wore on her head beautiful ornaments made of kingfisher's feathers her beauty quite surpassing anything he had ever seen all this time they had been drinking their wine out of golden goblets big enough to hold several pints when it flashed across him that one of these goblets would be a capital thing to carry back to his companions in evidence of what he had seen so he secreted it in his sleeve and pretending to be tipsy leaned forward with his head upon the table as if going off to sleep the gentleman is drunk said the guests and and by-and-by mr yin heard the bridegroom take his leave and there was a general trooping downstairs to the tune of a wedding march when they were all gone the old gentleman collected the goblets one of which was missing though they hunted high and low to find it some one mentioned the sleeping guest but the old gentleman stopped him at once for fear mr yin should hear and before long silence reigned throughout mr yin then arose it was dark and he had no light but he could detect the lingering smell of the food and the place was filled with the fumes of wine faint streaks of light now appeared in the east he began quietly to make a move having first satisfied himself that the goblet was still in his sleeve arriving at the door he found his friends already there for they had been afraid he might come out after they left and go in again early in the morning when he produced the goblet they were all lost in astonishment and on hearing his story they were fain to believe it well knowing that a poor student like yin was not likely to have such a valuable piece of plate in his possession later on mr yin took his doctor's degree and was appointed magistrate over the district of Fei chu where there was an old established family of the name of chu the head of the family asked him to a banquet in honour of his arrival and ordered the servants to bring in large goblets after some delay a slave-girl came and whispered something to her master which seemed to make him very angry then the goblets were brought in and mr yin was invited to drink He now found that these goblets were of precisely the same shape and pattern as the one he had at home, and at once begged his host to tell him where he had had these made. Well, said Mr. Chu, there should be eight of them. An ancestor of mine had made them, when he was a minister at the capital, by an experienced artificer. They have been handed down in our family from generation to generation, and have now been carefully laid by for some time. "'but I thought we would have them out to-day as a compliment to your honour. "'However, there are only seven to be found. "'None of the servants can have touched them, "'for the old seals of ten years ago are still upon the box, unbroken. "'I don't know what to make of it.' "'Mr. Yin laughed and said, "'It must have flown away. "'Still it is a pity to lose an heirloom of that kind.' and as I have a very similar one at home, I shall take upon myself to send it to you. When the banquet was over, Mr. Yin went home, and, taking out his own goblet, sent it off to Mr. Chu. The latter was somewhat surprised to find that it was identical with his own, and hurried away to thank the magistrate for his gift, asking him at the same time how it had come into his possession. Mr. Yin told him the whole story, which proves conclusively that although a fox may obtain possession of a thing, even at a distance of many hundred miles, he will not venture to keep it altogether. End of chapter 7